Hello and welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Sam Wilkin, Brussels Managing Editor, and today we're talking about Libra, the new cryptocurrency backed by Facebook. It's supposed to give consumers access to easy payments across platforms and across borders, but it has already attracted a barrage of regulatory questions, highlighting concerns from competition to privacy to money laundering. I'm joined by Jack Schickler, our financial services reporter here in Brussels, to talk us through all the implications. Hi, Jack. Hi. Um, first of all, what, what is Libra exactly and what's it supposed to do? Well, that's a very good question. And a lot of regulators around the world would, would really like to know. In principle, it's been branded as a, a cryptocurrency like um, Bitcoin and, and, and the other things that we're familiar with. Um, in reality, it seems the main objective is to have a cheaper payment system that gets around high bank charges. But a lot of a lot of uh, regulators have been scratching their heads about exactly what it will look like, and and they're not quite sure because there's not a huge amount of detail out there. It could fall into within the EU jurisdiction, for example. Um, there are questions about whether it falls in anti-money laundering rules, whether it falls into EU rules on market instruments that can be traded, like sh- stocks and shares, or whether it falls under the definition of what they call e-money. And um, this was an area that regulators were looking at already. They were already worried about investor protection issues, um, people getting ripped off buying um, Bitcoin or new assets that are like Bitcoin um, that look like little more than pyramid schemes. But obviously the intervention of one of the world's largest companies raises a whole new bunch of issues. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, would would the intention be that a Facebook user would be able to, say, transfer currency to another Facebook user or across WhatsApp or across Instagram or any of Facebook's other platforms? Is that sort of the principle behind it? That certainly seems how, how to be how they're marketing it, that you can just with a click of your button on your iPhone, um, send a friend or a contact um, some money. And it doesn't matter if they're in America and you're in Europe. Um, you avoid the, the the high foreign exchange fees that you can that can get in your way when you're trying to do that normally, but uh, it's not just about Facebook. Remember, uh, it's a, it's actually an association of lots of very well known industry names: Visa, Mastercard um, from the payments industry, and many other technology firms such as Uber. Um, it's it's been led by Facebook. They've done the running, but it will actually cover most of the uh, industry that we know. Right, and with with all the names like that, you can imagine a system where you know basically everything online and across the whole app ecosystem in your phone could, in theory, be paid for with a single currency. You could WhatsApp money to your friend, pay your Uber driver, etc., etc., with all with one currency. Sure, it sounds convenient, right? But the more widespread it is, the more uh, alarm bells start to ring, both for competition regulators who worry that this, this grouping of industry players starts to look a bit like a cartel, but also for financial stability regulators. Um, up until now, they've said, Bitcoin, OK, uh, we don't really like things that are used to buy drugs and, and other illicit goods online, but there's no financial stability problem. There's no problem for monetary policy. It doesn't get in the way of the financial system. If you start talking about a huge enterprise like like Libra, that's a different story. So let's let's dig into that a little bit, the, the financial stability concerns. And I, I mean, I suppose this sort of ties into all the regulations we've had post-crisis of banks having to hold a certain amount of capital to be safe in the event of a run, etc. How does that 
align with Libra? Well, in principle, the first thing to say is um, Libra should be a lot more stable uh, than something like Bitcoin. I mean, we've all seen those graphs of Bitcoin jumping all over the place because, uh, you know, it's a speculative asset. Yeah, and, uh, and regulators no have, haven't they, sort of introduced regulations on Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? Well, they're thinking about doing so in the EU, more from the investor protection side. In the US, they've taken a slightly different approach um, by actually creating a market for Bitcoin, Bitcoin futures. So then you have professional investors getting involved, shorting the currency effectively. Uh, and, and that's been attributed to um, to calming slightly the market for Bitcoin. Yeah. But most of this regulation has has, um, has come from a point of view of it being a, effectively a speculative asset, right, rather than actual financial stability. Indeed. Consumer it's, protections. It's, it's just another speculative asset. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with that. But it seems that something, Bitcoin and, it, and its near neighbours are, are often bought by people who are not professional investors, who don't really know what they're getting into, who can't really afford to make that kind of, uh, to take that kind of risk. Um, as I say, Libra looks slightly different to that because it's, the promise is it will be backed by um, other steadier assets, such as um, a basket of more conventional currencies. That should mean its value is very stable. You're within the limits of, obviously, currencies are never perfectly stable. Even the dollar and the euro are not stable. But you're you're more in that kind of room. Right. Uh, so the intent is it should be a, effectively a payment system rather than an investment. Indeed, indeed. And uh, they say all of, every Libra you buy will be backed by a more conventional financial asset. So so you're limiting the room for um, value to, to rocket or plunge. Yeah. So in light of that, what, what concerns do financial regulators have? Well, this, this raises another question, of course, because then the Libra Association is sitting on this huge pile of assets that they need to back the currency. Uh, and anyone sitting on a huge pile of assets rings some alarm bells. The Swiss regulator has already said, look, this is not just a payment system. You are going to need a license to operate a payment system, but you're actually looking a little bit like a bank. And they say, you know, our motto is we're technology neutral, which sounds like we love technology, we love innovation. But actually, it means that if you act like a bank, you've got to be regulated like a bank. And banks face a huge amount of regulation. They've got to hold capital against their risk, against the credit risk, against the operational risk. What happens if there's a cyber attack? You need a a little bit of money set aside just in case that happens. Um, You need to make sure you've got sufficient liquidity. You need to protect investors um, against any market volatility and so on. So they definitely will have to do that. That makes their lives quite a lot harder. Uh, But the Swiss regulators also realize there's a limit to how much they can do. Uh, alone because this is going to be a global business even if it's based out of Geneva and they want to talk to other regulators across the world that's already started at the G7 but there's no way a tiny little country landlocked in Europe is going to be able to solve this all by itself. And let's talk now about um, another type of issue that's been raised in relation to Libra and that is uh, from a competition standpoint uh, concerns it might be too dominant what's uh, what's the conversation happening there? Sure. Uh, well, of course, it's a bit early to say uh, because the product isn't even out there yet. But already uh, the EU antitrust officials are already ahead of the game. They've sent out questionnaires uh, that we've seen to, to companies that are involved, um, asking them some very detailed questions about what's their involvement, uh, why are they involved, what kind of internal documents have they prepared that says what they're hoping to get out of this. 
what will they use data for? What will the link be to other Facebook apps like WhatsApp and Messenger? All the kind of classic competition issues you might expect, plus another few more digital uh, digital ideas thrown in there. And I suppose this will um, this will be slightly different to previous uh, sort of competition cases in the financial sphere. I'm thinking of Visa and Mastercard payment fees, for example. Um, a big finding against them that those fees are excessive, and they've since paid a huge amount of money in damages. Presumably Libra won't charge fees or at least charge very minimal fees and and we might then get into conversations about um, data as currency as as we have in all these other sort of dominance cases regarding the tech giants. Sure, Uh, if Facebook is involved you can bet there's some data involved as well and that indeed raises its own concerns about privacy Um, People want their financial affairs to be private. And if if Facebook is getting into that space, uh, that could raise uh, raise some worries. The payment sector is, of course, uh, a network industry. Uh, You've got a couple of big players, Visa and MasterCard, along with lots of smaller ones. Um, And it's one that uh, is therefore often prone to competition concerns. Ironically, the EU has been crying out for new entrants into the payments market. You've got a couple of big credit card companies and um, a handful of very large banks uh, involved. And they, they've, they've even passed laws to try and inject some competition to enable financial technology firms to come in, access your bank data and provide you innovative apps that help you transfer your funds wherever they go. And, you know, you could say Facebook uh, is an answer to those prayers. And yet it's probably not the kind of competition they were hoping for. Yes, indeed. Facebook is always going to attract that attention from the regulators. Um, just briefly on, you know, speaking of new laws, um, Margaret Vestager has, of course, just this week been nominated to not only uh, stay in place as competition commissioner, but also to take on a broader portfolio, um, effectively overseeing the EU's policy making in the digital sphere for the next five years. Now, she immediately said. Um, the two would be linked, that antitrust cases could feed into the policymaking process. How could that look for uh, for companies like Facebook and, and for something like Libra, which is such a huge, sort of huge endeavour? Well, it's hard to imagine there'll be a massive change of direction from the EU. You've got not just the same um, competition commissioner in charge, who has some very well-known views on this kind of topic, but she's now also got a wider brief to consider the digital economy specifically. So it's hard to imagine her attention is going to stray very far from the, the, big, um, the big California giants. Yeah. And just final word, what can we expect next, either from the sort of Libra backers or from regulators? Well, this issue isn't going to go away. I expect it will continue to be discussed at uh, international level, the G7, by the Financial Stability Board. Um, there's even some central bankers saying... You know, let's not let Facebook issue its own currency. If you can't beat them, join them. Let's have our own international cryptocurrency that's issued by central banks. So is probably as stable as an asset as you want. That raises in itself questions about, uh, you know, how people use their money. Why would people use retail banks when they can go straight to the central bank? But um, people are doing a lot of thinking about the kind of opportunities that technology opens up for the financial system. Plenty to watch. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, It's time now to say goodbye to Jack. Goodbye. Thank you. And a quick reminder from me that if you want to hear more from our reporters around the world, please subscribe to our podcasts on your preferred platform. 
I'm Sam Wilkin, MLEX's Brussels Managing Editor. Bye for now.